going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Thank God for Wrestling podcast. We got our very first retro pay-per-view recap episode today. I'm co-host number one, CJ McClure. Co-host number two, Johnny King. And today we're going to blast in the past and no way out 2001. So let's just get right into it. We got that hardcore title match with Raven and the Big Show. And, bro, I know the Attitude Era is always talked about with very high regard. Arguably will always be the best era ever. But this match was ridiculous. It was plunky. It was it was all those type of words. But it was so entertaining for me. What, what did you think? Yeah, bro. I'm like a bro. I always will say like, if WWE booked Raven right, he could have been so much better. Like in WWE, because like he's the ECW legend, bro. Like he's on the ECW Mount Rushmore probably. And I guess they just didn't want to have like his same like kind of character roll over to WWE. But I mean, like I I like the match. It was fun. It was what a hardcore match should be, especially at a pay per view. And yeah, I just Raven is like a big what if for me, bro. Like he could have been like. Or he could have been like like Jeff Hardy before Jeff Hardy type of deal. Just like the weird, like weird, mysterious kind of like guy that just takes over, becomes champion. But yeah, the match was fun, man. The popcorn guy geeked me. Uh, I like the hardcore belt is basically like, or the 24-7 championship was basically like the hardcore belt. Except it just wasn't the hardcore belt. Yeah. But yeah, bro. I, I, I was going to say regarding that, that I mean, I understand that WWE doesn't want to live in the past and move forward, but sometimes if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They would have been better off just bringing back the hardcore championship instead of the 24-7 title. There's a reason the 24-7 title was thrown in the trash, bro. Right yeah. After that, we uh we transitioned to the Fatal 4-Way match with the Intercontinental Championship. You got Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero versus why is my mind drawn a blank? X-Pac. Next block, yeah. You know, I just found this match very interesting because you got three world champions in this match, mm-hmm. and then they were, but they were, they were all in the mid card. You know, Jericho, this is the year he was going to win the undisputed championship. Mm-hmm. But all these guys were mid carders. Respect to X Pac, obviously he wasn't world champion, but he was very athletic. I just this this match was entertaining. I mean, it was very fast paced. All these guys are great athletes. I felt like this match made the IC title at the time seem like a big deal. I love the pace of it. I, I had no complaints about this match. Bro, this match is goes to show how stacked the roster was at the time, bro. Like, if you have uh, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, and Eddie Guerrero in an Intercontinental Championship match, bro, like, who's on the main card? Like, the two main the two main event matches on this on this card were insane. Like, they their roster in, right now is crazy, bro. But yeah, Chris Jericho, I'm a little biased because he's one of my favorites. But bro, the match was great. Great wrestling. Can't complain. Yeah, man. We're not gonna get wrestling like this again, probably. <laughs> I mean, I mean, all of these, I mean, Jericho's the only one wrestling still, right? And of this of these four, but I mean, all these guys are just just technical wrestlers. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, they 
I mean, they were a little beefy. I mean, Eddie was a chunk. He was 5'8", 240 in his prime. But, I mean, they just they were all just took pride in putting on a good match. You know, I mean, they were they were wrestlers. They were not sports entertainers. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, and they, they were fighting for the workhorse title because they were all workhorses. Yeah, bro. So next we got Stephanie McMahon versus Trish Stratus. And all I'm going to say is uh, that was, well, this isn't all I'm going to say, but that was quite the promo for the match. I, I don't want to get too into it, but the Vince Trish stuff makes me uncomfortable. Bro. I'm still shocked of how much stuff Vince got away with back in the day, bro. Like it was crazy. Like this is just one of the many, many, many things he did. That was just way out of pocket. But, I mean, hey, bro, it was the time, man. 2001, that was the bra and panties era. So, it was... I mean, a completely completely different time. It was just weird. It was entertaining. But for the time, yeah. It's a completely different time, completely different era. I know there's jokes like, oh, Gen Z's soft. But I'm kind of glad stuff like this isn't done anymore. Um, And, again, they couldn't get away with it because it's a different time. And I honestly get surprised looking back at stuff like this, like, man, and Trish still came back to the WWE and she still accepted her Hall of Fame bid. Mm-hmm. But who knows a Trish for putting up with all that. Um, I, What I really liked about the Attitude Era and just kind of the mid-90s as well is I love seeing the wrestlers, like, walking in the back right before the match started. Bro, yeah, bro. Like, that's just little things I appreciate. I feel like it built tension. Mm-hmm. Stephanie coming out to Triple H is my time theme. That was tough. Yeah. I really like that. Like, Triple H's all-time best theme song is Time to Play the Game, but that one before is very underrated. So I think thought it was cool seeing Stephanie come out to that. I mean, this is just a cat fight brawl. It was entertaining, but this, this match also goes to show that women's wrestling has come a long way. Yeah, and, like, bro, people do not give Stephanie the credit she deserves. Like, her on-screen, like, character, like, it – it, him, her, and Shane, bro, they've done some of the best work ever. They're not even wrestlers, you know what I mean? But yeah, this is what three years before Trish main event at Raw, so you could tell how much women's wrestling like elevated like in that short period of time. But yeah, man, the match was good for what it was. It was supposed to be like a cat fight, so you can't really like poop on it. But you know, yeah. I mean, my hot take: this is probably Stephanie's best match of her career. Okay. My opinion. Yeah. I'd be granted I don't study Stephanie McMahon's wrestling career, but I mean Steph versus Trish Stratus, that does have a lot of star power to it. For sure. Next we got Triple H versus Stone Cold in the three stages of hell match. Right off the bat, this is match of the night, in my opinion. Yeah. This match stole the show. The promo was epic. It just went to show how great of rivals these guys were, great chemistry they had. The pop when Steve's theme plays, when that glass shatters, never gets old. Wish we could have been alive to see it. Well, I guess technically we were, because Steve wrestled at WrestleMania last year, but you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Same with the stunner. When Steve hit that stunner and got the first fall, that was a great moment in the match, a great pop. Triple H barely hit that table you, did you you see that spot on the mm-hmm. announcer table mm-hmm. barely hit that. that 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 made me wince a little bit well i mean again overall a good match i mean just an absolute brawl 
and I know this is years ago, so I mean, there's really no point in me critiquing it. But in my mind, Steve should have won. I I don't I didn't really understand why they gave Triple H the win because Steve won the Royal Rumble. He's on his way to WrestleMania to main event. Because in my mind, and that we've done matches like this in the modern era, like throwback to when Roman Reigns put his WrestleMania spot on the line against Daniel Bryan. Because if he would have lost, because you should keep the Royal Rumble winner looking strong, in my opinion, unless if they lose to a champion. I mean, because if I was booking this and if Triple H won this and Triple H won this match, I would have had a Triple H in the main event match. Mm. Like you beat the Royal Rumble winner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I I know like Steve or Triple H barely won because they did the double clocked each other and Hunter just so happened to fall on him and Steve did hit the stunner after the match. So he was standing tall, but in my mind, Steve should have won. I mean, you know, he was on his way to WrestleMania. Yeah, I can see that. I guess to play devil's advocate, maybe they were like. We don't have to give Steve the win because he's our, he's going to WrestleMania because he won. So we can really do whatever we want with him until WrestleMania. And, like, obviously they knew Stone Cold Steve Austin's momentum was going to get killed because he was Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I agree with that. He won't over Rumble, so why have him lose? Especially in a crazy match like this. But, yeah, bro. I miss these type of matches. Oh, yeah. Like, think about it. The only time we've had, like, a two out of three falls match recently was like black and gold NXT days, bro. Adam Cole and Gargano. Yeah. And like, where is this on the main roster? Why don't we have 60 minute Iron Man matches or two out of three falls matches? Like what? Three stages of hell matches. Like where is all the, I don't know, man, but I just love, cause these matches just make for a great wrestling. Like, like you, you get entertained and you get wrestling too. It's not, you know what I mean? I feel like it's just a fine balance between wrestling and creativity. Yeah. Because because first match was normal. Second match was wasn't it just no disqualification? Uh street fight. So street basically. fight, yes. Yeah, so same thing, right? And then then it's still cage. I mean, so you still I mean, actual wrestling in the first one, a little more hardcore in the second, and then steel cage is like a combination of both. I mean it goes to show, like, how can we put on, like, a good wrestling match but also make it as creative as possible? I mean, yeah, we don't we don't get these often anymore. I mean, like, I feel like, what, the last time we even got an Ironman match was, like, 2017, 18? No, that's not true. Black and Gold got that fatal four-way Ironman match in the COVID era. Yeah. But I don't think Black and Gold, they don't, we're talking about our main roster. We don't get none of this in the main roster. The craziest match we get is a Hell in a Cell match. Which, I mean, that's a staple. You know, that's never going away. Yeah. But but overall, I mean, great match. I mean, there's a reason this pay-per-view talked about highly, and this is one of those matches, I mean, that was booked high on the card. And match of the night, in my opinion, I just think Steve should have won, but 22 years ago, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then after this, it wasn't long before Stone Cold, you know, stopped wrestling, so. Yeah, two years later. But, yeah. But next, but, we got oh, – I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, Triple H was just that guy, bro. Like, this is, like, right when he started to actually become what he was. Like, uh, he was just – he's I'm biased with Triple H, too, because bro was jacked all the time. Bro could literally do anything, make it look cool. And then him and Austin, these two of the biggest superstars that the company has seen in the past decade, 
just going at it, like, bro, you can't beat that, bro. We're never going to get the aura of these matches, these two main event matches, I don't think we're ever going to get again, bro. I have to agree with that. I mean, I mean, Steve is on my on both of our Mount Rushmore's, you know, we that previous video, but I mean, Hunter, I mean, like you said, I mean, Triple H was high player in like the late 90s of the Attitude Era, but like you said, the early 2000s, like late 99, early 2000s, and when he was becoming world champion here and there, I mean, he Triple, Triple H was him. I mean, he was getting those reactions out of the crowd as a face and a heel or a tweener. I mean, all the times that JR's called on that SOB, you know, I mean, just Triple H was that guy. I mean, he he all he's always understand wrestling. I know people crapped on him for like the times he has buried some talent or wouldn't put him over. But at the same time, Hunter has known when to put some guys over, i.e. Batista, i.e. John Cena. All the guys in NXT that he saw potential in. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he does have that mind of the business. He was him. For sure, bro. Next, we got Steven Richards versus Jerry Lawler. This was definitely the bathroom break match, but however, Jerry could still kind of move in 01. That that was a bit of a shocker for me. And <laughs> I I often forget that Teddy Long was a referee before he became like an on-screen general manager. Mm-hmm. Bro, if you think about it, Jerry Lawler's last match was not too long ago. Remember? On Raw, they would have him just, like, make those, like, little appearances where he would just wrestle someone. It's randomly feuded against the Miz yeah. and CM yeah, Punk like, and like, Yeah, <laughs> what? But, yeah, bro. I mean, this was, the, like you said, the bad bathroom break match, but nothing really to say. It was just there. Yeah, it was, it was just there. It'd be, cool, cool. It'd be cool to see Jerry Lawler wrestle, I guess. Yeah. But not much, not much thoughts on this one. Next, we got the triple threat tag team table match for the tag team championships. I got two words for you regarding this match, man. Star power. Literally, bro. You can, Brothers of Destruction, Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys. I mean, and this is for Edge and Christian were like big, big. You know, I mean, this was the pay-per-view right before the legendary TLC match. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you got four world champions in this match alone. And that's just world champions. You combine all the championships that all these guys have won with tag team, mid-car, world titles. I mean, just crazy match. I mean, I it's so interesting to me to see Undertaker and Kane together, like, fighting for tag team championships. Because obviously, like, they are a tag team at times, Brothers of Destruction. And you often forget that they won tag titles together. But, like, in my mind, you always think of Undertaker as by himself. Yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah. So just... This this the star power for me was entertaining enough. And one detail point out too that I'm curious what you think about this, if you liked it or not. What do you think about back in the attitude era at this time? The promo cuts and then right before the match, certain wrestlers are interviewed before the match. Bro, I liked it, bro. Especially for yeah. someone like The Rock or Stone Cold. Then they just got you more hype for the match. Right. If they started doing it like recently now, where like Kathy Kelly We'll interview them like right before they go out the curtain, which I kind of like. But yeah, I mean, I, I I don't mind it. Like it, but like I mentioned before, I like it. I like them just walking in the back, and mm-hmm. then their music hits more. Like just to me, that adds a little more hype. I, I can't really. Someone please correct me if I'm wrong on this. I can't think of another time that they did that in the modern era, except for 
Dean Ambrose versus Triple H at Roadblock on like it was like a pay per view, but it wasn't. It was only on the network, but kind of a live event when he faced Triple H for the WWE Championship, and Triple H came out first. And you just see Dean just walking, no interview, just walking. Everybody cheers, and right before he turns into gorillas when his music hits. Mm. And to me, and like, I don't know why it was just, it's, just, it's just hype. Yeah, I love that. It, like, it, from like what you just said about the interviews, it just raises the tension. Mm-hmm. I mean, even no, even, uh, even the Samoa no, no, no. from NXT, like where he's walking with the security guards and he pushes them down. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I I do like that. They they should honestly do both, bro. Like like interview the baby face before the match, or interview the heel before the match, and have the baby face, or the vice versa, like show him walking. So the walking, and it's also the you know the sound they play when they lower Hell in a Cell, the Nation yeah, Chamber. Yeah, like, dun, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, I love that sound. Yeah. It's so much energy and tension to it. But yeah, Dudley's got the win. I mean, obviously as expected, they're going to defend the titles at uh, WrestleMania. Uh, Rikishi and Haku interfered on the Brothers of Destruction. I mean, just again, just entertaining. Yeah, apparently the Dudley just signed legend deals with WWE. I saw that. Yeah. Very curious to see what happens to that. Because yeah. they can honestly still wrestle. I mean, Bro, you mentioned it for free on the like. Ray, bump, yeah, he's still has been wrestling back at Impact. Yeah. See what happens there, but entertaining. Now we got the main event: The Rock versus Kurt Angle for the WWE Championship. So I solid match. I'm not crapping on this main event. Solid match. But one of the reasons that I said like Austin and Hunter was the match that sold the show was just because some of a little bit of like just miscues and clunkiness in this match. Like, for example, the botch kickouts. Like, I don't know if it was Earl Hebner's fault or Kurt Angle's fault, if they were just missing their timing. But towards the end, you know, when Rock hit that rock bottom yeah, yeah, yeah. and Earl Hebner just didn't count to thought, three. Yeah. And we yeah. like that that was a mistake on yeah. Hebner's part. Like I looked into that. Hebner thought Angle was supposed to kick out, but he wasn't. The match was supposed to end. So when Rock hit another rock bottom and he looked at Hebner, like he said, I think three. Yeah. <laughs> and then the match ended. And, um one pieces I have in this match though, Big Show just interferes just because. Yeah, bro. I'm gonna be honest. I've never been a Big Show fan. Like, I know we have to have just like a giant, you know, like on the roster, but I feel like they never really, like, they would just always he would just never be in in the in the in the best spots, like regarding feuds. Like they try to raise him. Like I think his best work was like towards the tail end of his career in WWE, like in like 2009, 2010, like in 11, like especially him and the Mark Henry feud. But yeah, I just didn't see the need for Big Show to interfere in this. I'm gonna be honest, bro. I mean, the, there was no reason. If it was the year before in 2000, I could see it because he was mad that about the Royal Rumble controversy with him and The Rock. Mm-hmm. That just you're just interfering just because. So I don't understand that. But the match was still solid. It, it, it's just it's amazing how over everyone was at this time. I mean, Great. I. It's just a different era, you know. I mean, like just the attitude era was all about characters and storytelling, versus we, I like to call the athletic generation from like 2015 to 16 to now, because they are much more athletic in comparison to the attitude era. Not that they weren't, it's just more athletic now. But just everyone was over, faces and heels or tweeners. Everybody was getting reactions. I mean, just it it was quite the time to be alive. But 
Rock won, uh, dethrones Kurt Angle. We know what happened next, defending against Austin at WrestleMania, and Austin turned heel, which some people found questionable. But I, I definitely see why this pay-per-view is held in high regard. Yeah, bro. Bro, like, I've always been a fan of Kurt. And, like, as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate him more and more. Like, bro. But, like, after watching that, I'm telling you, bro, after watching the doc, bro, like, he's on like he's on my Mount Rushmore now, bro. Uh, I, I would go to say he might be the best technical wrestler of all time, bro. I think you can make the argument for that, dog. I, I think you can, too. I mean... Cause like bro just never got tired, bro. He just it he just didn't he didn't know what exhaust was, bro. Like he didn't know he he just never lost endurance. He could go for however long you wanted him to go. I, I it was just crazy, bro. And he never had. I, mean, I don't think he ever had a bad match, bro. You know what I mean? Kirk could put on a good match with anybody. Yeah, that's 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 what him and Shawn Michaels had in common. We. We obviously mentioned we're going to come back and do some dream matches on this show. We really, we really like that prompt. You know, I do my best and not make my dream matches repetitive, but if there's two people I have in my dream matches the most, it's Kurt Angle and Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kurt, was, I mean, to go from the, the Olympics and win a gold medal and come into that industry and just to adapt so quickly and not just put on good matches, but have a good character to be funny, to get over with the crowd. Yeah. I mean, maybe after I watch the documentary and a quick announcement to everybody, we will be doing episode recapping that documentary. But maybe, maybe like you, I don't mind Matt Rushmore, but I mean, I've always had a lot of respect for Kurt. You know, I'm excited to watch this doc. For sure. But yeah, I think that's all the thoughts I have uh, on our first ever retro pay-per-view recap. Look forward to doing this one again, unless you have any more thoughts, Johnny. I think that's it, bro. 2001 before either of us were born so <laughs> oh god <laughs> jeez yeah before either of us were born uh so what how old is it 20 22 years old now yeah man it was a good one yeah I, I, this just goes to show how it this pay-per-view shows how stacked wwe was bro at the time like rock austin triple h kurt Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, all in the same roster at once, bro. Like, come on, bro. Undertaker. Like, we're never going to get that again. This pay-per-view also goes to show why WWE won the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, yeah. WCW never had a chance, bro. Well, they did briefly. Let's not ignore history. They they were winning in the ratings. They were winning in the ratings. They made WWE change and adapt. Yeah, but just like every other company that has tried to come, none of them never can last, bro. You know what I mean? RBCW came the closest, but yes, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, bro, I just – I wish I could fast forward like 10 years and see if AEW is even still a thing. Because I don't know, man. I just don't think yeah. anyone will ever reach WWE status, bro. They're – the longevity of WWE, it, it will forever be unmatched, in my opinion. Said this before on here, and I'll say it again. When WWE tries, they're the best. Yeah. But yeah, thank you guys for joining us for our first ever retro recap. We will do this again in a month when WWE does not have the pay-per-view. So I'm thinking December is probably when we'll do this again because I don't think they have any pay-per-views lined up. 
Uh, if you guys have any ideas of some retro pay-per-views you want us to do, please comment below or DM us on Instagram or comment. We, we love, we love to expand our horizons. It's not just limited to WWE. We can do WCW and ECW as well. Yeah, man, for sure. I would love to do some ECW ones as a matter of fact. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. We hope to see you in the next future videos we have coming out this week. Appreciate you guys watching. We'll see you in the next one. I'm CJ McClure. Thank God for wrestling. Yep, I'm Johnny King, bro. We'll see you on the next one.